God is with us. He's on our side. Don't be, be getting the ushers to take you out of here. If you could say anything good about me, I'm not saying you could, but if you were to conjure up something, be sure to give the praise and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We appreciate all of you that's come to join with us in the Atlanta Prayer Conference. We appreciate Pastors David and Robin Harris. They're people of integrity that practice what they preach, that know the Holy Ghost. And I'm so glad that you came. I see faces that I don't know, some I do know, and some I've already told. Don't give me no trouble tonight. <laughs> I've already told them. So, so thank God for that. It's been an honor to be here with you. And of course, we're not leaving yet, so don't get no ideas. Amen. And we thank God for the radio and all those that's listening there with us, whatever mean or method through internet or actually over the radio itself. It's good to be here with, with Mrs. Copeland. You know, she, and uh, uh, was it uh, Dynamite comes in? Small packages. Now, I know that to be the truth. My granny, Murda Cleo Robinson, everybody called her mama, everybody that knew her, she was four foot 11, but she could beat the devil out of you with a cast iron frying pan. She believed in them cast iron frying pans. We need to work on Brother David a little bit more there. <laughs> but uh, let's pray as we approach this word. Father, we thank you tonight for your holy written word that is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Lord, we reverently and humbly approach your word and we thank you tonight for revelations of your word, for illustrations of your word, and impartations of the Holy Ghost that will cause us to walk out what we have heard. Now, Father, we are limited in our human ability and we ask for supernatural ability. We thank you for the gifts of the Spirit to operate, manifest, and demonstrate themselves tonight in this service among us so that your will, your plan, and purposes can take place in the physical, material world. Lord, we know that things need to change, and we know that things will change as we seek your face. And Father, in advance, we'll be careful to give you the glory honor and praise for all good things in Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated. If you will, open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter six and we're gonna start uh, uh, there again. Ephesians chapter six and we'll start reading in verse number 10. Ephesians chapter six, verse number 10. What we're going to talk about is being led by the Spirit of God in prayer. Now, we've made a lot of disclaimers this morning, so you really need to get the recordings from the other service to get the best of everything that I'm going to say because I don't have time to go back and cover all of that. But we did make some disclaimers this morning, you understand. And we said, first and foremost, the foundation of every believer's life and prayer is the Word of God. And that's why we need Mrs. Jermaine Copeland, Reverend Jermaine Copeland, to materials and stuff, prayers that avail much. And so if you don't have our materials or if you do have our materials, go back there and get all those materials and load them up and carry them out of here because you need them. Amen. I know I've got her books from back years ago and I don't want to say from Noah's time because she's not quite back that far. You know what I mean? But... Uh, Maybe Abraham, but Jacob, but, but, but anyway, uh, 
She'd been around for a long time and just you can just sense in the anointing of God, it just establishes you. When you, when you get the anointing, it's not just what is said. What's said is important, but also the anointing that goes with what's said. And that's why we need different ministry gifts in the body of Christ working together because God has a way of each one of those gifts establishing us in certain areas of our life to cause us to grow and develop and mature in God. Of course, all of my products are online at rgm.me. We've got a lot of materials on prayer, things in prayer, and what God has shown us on prayer is instant download, books of my life story. I talked about my life story a little bit this morning. All of that's online, rgm.me. And we got a generation that doesn't like to wait. So all you gotta do is hit a button and zing. In fact, don't hit the right one or wrong one. It may zing you up to my office over there and you pop out the other side. I don't know what all kind of technology they got today. But we live in supernatural times. We need to understand that we're not gonna change the physical world we live in without supernatural means. It takes the supernatural power and the anointing of God and the ability of God to enable us to pray out the mind and will of God. And there is more than one kind of prayer. We talked about that. But a lot of times too, uh, many times we pray just in the mental realm and we need to pray in the mental. We don't need to lose our mind. We need to pray with our knowledge. We need to pray with our understanding and we thank God for that. But there's another prayer, praying in the spirit where we get out of the mental, which we thank God for the mental, but we move out of the mental realm and we move into the realm of the spirit and we pray in the spirit by the Holy Ghost. What I mean by that is praying with inspired utterance, not something that's pre-planned, pre-thought up or anything. It's just what the Holy Ghost is dealing with us to pray about at that particular moment in our life. And so we need to do that. Now, praying in the Spirit, uh, some would think maybe it's just speaking in other tongues because that is part of praying in, other, other, uh, in the Spirit, praying in other tongues. Uh, but you can pray in the Spirit and speak in your known tongue. It happens to me a lot of times. In fact, right here in this church, uh, over all these years, we've had a, you know, prayer meetings and we would pray and many times now we would pray in tongues, but a lot of times we would wind up praying out in English what we had prayed in other tongues uh, and we've literally seen this nation change right here. We've seen the Supreme Court change from right here. We've seen things stop from right here. We've had visions and revelations from right here. Praying, people praying together. And it wasn't just because it was me, it's because we had people that were gathering together in unity, praying in the same direction and God moved in a supernatural way. So we need to pray with our understanding, our mental capacities, but we also need to pray in the spirit. Praying in the spirit is not just speaking in other tongues. It is speaking in other tongues, but you can pray in the spirit in your known tongue, which is simply speaking by sudden inspiration of the moment while you're inspired of the Holy Ghost to speak those things out. In fact, the simple gift of prophecy operates through me many times while I'm praying as I yield to it. It's one of the gifts of the spirit. I'm talking about the simple gift of prophecy. Sometimes things, 
people thinks that prophecy is simply, you know, predicting future events or something like that. It could be, but the simple gift of prophecy is speaking unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. And it talks about that in the book of God and especially over there in Corinthians. And so many times in prayer, the gift of prophecy, the simple gifts of prophecy operate through me as I yield to it. And you can do the same thing. It's not just me. It's for every believer. It's for every person. And I begin to pray in an inspired way. In fact, we're going to pray tonight later on. And we're just going to believe God will help us and enable us. And many times when I start off praying this way, I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what I'm going to pray. But many times God will take me and he always has me pray in the scriptures. If you've been around, you'll remember that. He'll have me pray in the scriptures or praying about some event in the scriptures, whether it be Old Testament or New Testament. And then he'll give us the spiritual interpretation of that to reveal to us about what he's talking about today. Anything that God is ever going to do or has done in this earth is written and recorded in the word of God. I said everything. So when you get out beyond the word of God, you've got too far out there. You know, sometimes just opening the Bible does this to me. So we're in the right place, amen. And I say opening the Bible, I just flipped open my iPad, you know, here. And so just flipping open an iPad, uh, we'll do this. But let's look at Ephesians chapter six. Verse number 10, Paul is saying here, finally, my brethren, we're throwing the sisters in too. He's talking about everybody. It's okay. We're throwing in the sisters too. We need the sisters. If it wasn't for the sisters, where would the brothers be? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What did you say? In the Garden of Eden. Who said that? That wasn't me, Miss Copeland. I'll tell you right now, that was somebody back there. But anyway... <laughs> No, we would be in a mess without these wonderful women that keeps us going the right direction. So finally, my brethren, be strong. Mete e kotola vanstimengitilakai. Yolstamanda kuria ba asumendi e kotosta. Remedustemendo o kota yengedula busta yingo monda, monda, monda. For some have said that in this day that my people will not arise and move up in my holy way. But know this, saith the Lord, I knew this day would come before you ever arrived here. And I've already said to the devil, move out of the way, move out of the way. Move out of the way, for my people will arise in this day. They will be filled with my power. They will be filled with my glory in this hour, and you will find out that you're not going under, that you're going over. So don't doubt, grumble, and gripe, and complain. Stand up and praise God, because things have been changed. Ha, ha, ha. I said things have been changed. I said things have been changed. I said, things have been changed. Things have been changed. Hallelujah. Whatever shackle has been on you is broken. Whatever sickness has been on you is broken. Whatever power has been against you is broken. In Jesus' name, and you're going to walk in everything that God has for you, and it'll never be the same. Praise God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Said, Brother Randy, what's going on? Well, I don't never know when that's going to happen. Now, I call it getting arrested by the Holy Ghost, you understand? You know, and I've had the, the you know, background 
career prior to coming to know the Lord. You know, I spent over 10 years of my life behind prison bars, so I know what it's like to get arrested. So if you don't know what it's like to get arrested, you can get acquainted with the Holy Spirit to such an extent that you can yield yourself to him. You can yield your mental faculties to him. You can yield your tongue and your vocal cords to him. And that was the simple gifts and operation right there called the gift of tongues. Now, it's not the prayer language that you get when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues. This is one of the gifts of the Spirit found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 called the gift of tongues. And then right behind that, another gift operated called the gift of interpretation of tongues. And that gift began to operate me, not in, uh, in my life, in public assembly. It operated in me while I was on my knees in my prayer closet. In fact, I was at 135 Antioch Road, the city of Fayetteville, Georgia. For those of you that live around here, back under years and years ago, in fact, it was December the 31st, 1987. I was kneeling down behind a baby grand piano, setting in the, it turned out to be one of my board members eventually, it's a piano in his living room or great room, whatever family room, and they had it to look at because nobody could play it. But it, but it looked grand. It was a grand piano, one of those baby grands or grands, you know. And I, I was kneeling down by that piano stool, and I was praying, and I was praying in English, praying in natural. We need to pray with our known understanding, you know, and not just be wild and crazy, you know. They was, uh, they said that there was a charismatic move, but also in that move, there was a crazy-matic move, you understand, and so you have to, there's a fine line between the charismatic and the crazy-matic, you know, there's a little bit, I used to think they used to have cruise-matic transmissions, and then they had them power glides, who remembers the power glides, we can date and tell how old you are, now I know you don't want to raise your hand, Miss Copeland, but <laughs> Yeah, she remembers what a power glide. She might not know what it was, but I was kneeling down behind that piano and I was praying and I was praying all I knew to pray in, in, in English and then you're just limited with your mental capacity. But I sensed there was more. I sensed that God was trying to speak to me. I sensed that he was trying to reveal something to me and he wanted me to do something that I was not doing. In fact, I'd had this sense for months and months. In fact, this gentleman that I was in his house, John Davis, I worked on a regular job, you know, just like everybody else because daddy taught us and raised us, you know, to work. I started working when I was 12 years old. You know, that's the way you used to do it. And I'll throw this in too. Kids used to eat dirt, worms, bugs, crickets, and everything else. And it didn't kill them. I'm standing here six foot four, 260 pounds. I'm still alive. And I see some more out here that used to do all that stuff too. But now we got every lotion and potion and every germ and everything going to get us. You know, and this you know, is biting you and this is going to get you and this is going to kill you. Don't eat lettuce and don't eat cantaloupes and don't eat bananas. Don't eat this. Don't take no salt. You better have some salt. Don't drink no coffee. You better drink some coffee. Don't drink that milk. Yeah, you can drink milk now. Oh, but everybody's got all these ideas. I'm not saying we shouldn't eat right, do right, and be right and all that kind of stuff. But I'm here to tell you ain't nothing just as good as old butter beans and black eyed pea with some fat back ham hock in it. My God. Oh, you can plow a, a, a mule about 40 rows on some of that stuff. So I don't know how we got there, but I was kneeling down by that piano. As I was kneeling down by that piano, 
I just kept sensing that God wanted to say something. But I was limited in my mental praying to pray it out. And so I said, Lord, help me pray. And I'm going to yield myself to the Holy Ghost. And I began to pray in other tongues at that time. As I was praying in other tongues, and suddenly my dialect or tongue changed. And I knew I had transitioned over. This is the beginning eras of my ministry and understanding these things. And that doesn't mean I know it all now. Because I'm praying this, I spoke out and the gift of tongues went into operation and I began to speak this tongue out. And I thought as I'm speaking it out, my mind, it has nothing to do with my mind because I got my tongue hooked up with my spirit where the Holy Spirit dwells. Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. So I have bypassed my mind and now I'm praying in the spirit. My tongue is hooked up to my human spirit and I'm praying in other tongues and I'm thinking, and in my mind, boy, I have got something for somebody here in this room and I thought it might be for what was eventually be my board member or my wife or his wife, Patricia. It was there. In fact, both of the women there, it was named Patricia. My wife, Patricia, and my board member wound up, his wife was Patricia. And so when I gave the interpretation, I had no idea what I was gonna say. But this is the interpretation that came forth. He said, the year of 1988 will be a year of new beginnings for you. He said, you'll leave everything you've known in the past behind and you'll move out in my plan divine. For I have called you to go and spread my gospel and share my gospel. And he said, it's time for you to move in that direction. Some other things that I won't say right now. But I had that and that's the way it started. And so that's the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues that's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now finally, my brethren and sisters too, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Ephesians chapter six, verse 10. Put on the whole armor of God, the equipment of God. This is spiritual equipment. This is not natural and it's not my sermon. But he said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, tests, and trials and strategies of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. In other words, we pointed out this morning, it's not human beings that we're against, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness and high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, we will stand. I said we will stand. We will stand. We will not fail. We will not go under. The church shall prevail and it shall arise out of the ashes that the enemy has tried to take it into. It's gonna arise out of the dust and be strong and filled with the glory of God in the day that we live in. Your eyes will see it and your ears will hear it. I said your eyes will see it and your ears will hear it. So don't let the devil talk you out of it. Don't let the commentators, dictators, sweet potatoes, ice potatoes, Irish potatoes talk you out of it. I'm here to tell you God's word is still true and God will laugh and laugh and laugh at the enemy and the world because Jesus Christ said that the church would be glorious and if he said it would be glorious, it will be glorious. And as Granny used to say, you can take that to the bank. But watch which one you take it to today. <laughs> Oh, you can take it to the bank. Why? Because the word of God says so. You can't take my word, but you can take God's word. Amen. Verse 14, stand therefore, having your loins. So talking about standing, don't give up, don't give in, don't quit. 
because sometimes, uh, you know, the enemy comes to us and tries to tell us we're not going to make it. Uh, your prayers are not going to be heard because some prayers are answered seemingly right away. Other prayers take place over a period of time and answers come. But it just keep standing. Don't give up. It says, having on the breastplate of righteousness, latter part of verse 14, in verse 15, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and everything he tries to do against you. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is what? The word of God. Why do we need to pray the word? Because it's the sword of the spirit. Why do we need to pray the word? Because it's the sword of the spirit. Isn't that right? That's what the Bible says. Verse 18, he said all that to get to this verse right here. Verse 18 said, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Notice he said praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And remember, I've been talking about this part and about this phrase in the spirit uh, because, you know, it's different ministry and we're having Mrs. Copeland and she's telling tell us about this, but, but a lot of times she's telling us about also this, but it's kind of been my task and assignment to talk about the part of praying in the spirit. Uh, in other words, not just my mental praying, uh, but the Holy Ghost helping me pray. Now, God can reveal things to you supernaturally while you are praying. And so I want us to look at some of these things and talk about some of these things. Turn to 1 Corinthians, I believe it is, chapter 14. And let's look at a verse, praying in the Spirit. Remember, when I'm talking about praying in the Spirit or the Holy Spirit helping you in prayer and listening to Him, what I mean by that is simply this, not just praying with your mental understanding, but allowing the Holy Ghost to give you words to say, whether it be in other tongues or in your known language, trust the Holy Ghost. We can't get the job done just with mental praying alone. If we could, then the job would already be done. You understand? There's more than one type of prayer. Do we throw away mental praying? Absolutely not. We pray with our understanding, but we also pray in the Spirit. Isn't that right? It's very important to pray with our understanding, but it's also important to pray in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. The Bible says, Follow after charity, which we know to be love, and desire spiritual gifts but rather that you may prophesy. When he said here, desire spiritual gifts, what we need to point out right here and make, make you aware of, and of course, most of you would be aware of this, he's talking to, about the whole church here at Corinth. The church on the, on the body of Christ as a whole should desire spiritual gifts that are found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and of course Ephesians chapter 4, the ministry gifts. In fact, one time I was praying in a meeting and the Lord said we was praying about the gifts of the Spirit. You know, this found the nine gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 because we see a shortage of them today. We, we see them in a measure and a sprinkling but we want to see a greater measure because that's what it's going to take to turn this world around and and to help the church out to know which way to go. And the Lord said to me, he said, if you're gonna have the gifts of the Spirit in operation like you're requesting, he said, you've gotta add something else to that prayer. I said, Lord, what is that? 
He said, you've got to pray that the ministry gifts found in Ephesians chapter 4, which is apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and then over 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the ministry of helps, which is a ministry office also. He said, you've got to pray that they would arise and take their place and stand in their offices fully. He said, because each one of those ministry offices, what qualifies them to stand in that office is certain gifts of the Spirit that are found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So we need to pray for the fivefold ministry to be established, the ministry of helps, and we need to pray for the gifts of the Spirit. So he's telling here the whole church at Corinth to desire spiritual gifts. So the church here at Coming, New Life, or wherever church you're from, or wherever you're at, you should pray in your church for these gifts to be an operation, manifestation, and demonstration. If you don't ask God for them, you won't have them. If you don't ask God for them, you won't have them. And then we as a body of Christ as a whole, we need to pray for the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation. Verse 2, he goes on to say, says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. Notice here when he said he speaketh in an unknown tongue, praying in the spirit. Of course, we have discovered you can pray in the spirit and pray with your known tongue. He said, how be it in the latter part of this verse, how be it in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. This word mysteries means divine secrets that can be revealed. The word mysteries means divine or sacred secrets that can be revealed. Now, they're not secret to God. They're secret to us simply because we don't know what they are. So God does reveal to us things, mysteries that we would have no way of knowing, sacred secrets that we would have no way of knowing as we pray in the Spirit, asking God to lead us. It may not be specifically in chapter and verse written in the Bible, but God reveals it to us and shows it to us. Now, having said that, let me back it up and qualify it with this. Anything that the Lord has ever revealed to me personally, he's always gave me chapter and verse in the Bible to back it up. The principles will be found in the Bible. Anytime that God's ever revealed to me something supernatural, he's always, always a divine secret or sacred secret or mystery that I did not know, then the Lord always gives me chapter and verse for it and reveals it to me in the Bible. And he'll do the same thing for you. He'll always do it. Like before the weather patterns, you know, the weather patterns, I, I'm going to tell you something about that, which you already know. But the weather patterns are, you know, just totally out of whack right now. But you remember I was praying one time and uh, I wasn't praying to see a vision or have a vision or, or anything like that. But I was praying and then suddenly I saw into the realm of the spirit and I had a vision. And the, the lowest type vision and the highest type revelation is almost the same thing. Because what it is, you see with the eyes of your spirit and you see into the realm of the spirit, we call them visions. In fact, turn to Acts chapter two. Acts chapter two. While I'm talking about this because I don't want to lead anybody astray and I want to show you that it actually is in the Bible. Actually, Acts chapter 2, how God speaks to us. This is the day that they were filled with the Holy Ghost in this chapter and they spoke with other tongues and then... 
Peter stood up and he gave a revelation about what was happening there on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, verse number 14. It says, but Peter standing up with the 11, uh, the disciples that were there, and of course there were 120 people total. If you look back in uh, chapter 1 of Acts, you'll find this out. But Peter standing up with the 11, of course, total of 120 people there, he lifted up his voice. He might have said, now hear this, listen, this is what's going on because they were speaking in tongues, supernatural things were taking place. People were speaking in languages they had never learned before. I have had that experience. I have heard languages where people spoke in another language and I knew what they were saying in my English language even though I could not speak that language. Now, I don't have it happen to me all the time, but it happens to me periodically. Pastor Harris was telling us about it today at lunch about how his daughter was going to school. They were going to school and she understood in Spanish, I believe it was, what Pastor Harris was praying in other tongues. She picked up several words because she was studying that subject, Spanish, you know. Said, Brother Randy, how many languages can you speak? Well, I'll tell you exactly how many I can speak. Absolutely none. In fact, I was over in England there, over by the, by the big castle, you know, that, that, that the queen lives in. And one of them folks over there said, you murder the queen's English. <laughs> the queen just left while I was there. I don't know if I offended her or what, but I wasn't trying to murder the queen's English. I was out of South Georgia, out of cotton fields. You know what I mean? And we made up our own languages, a lot of grunting and a groaning and a carrying on, you know? But, but uh, so they tell me I don't speak any language, but uh, the Holy Ghost has got a perfect language. But here they don't know what's going on, but Peter's gonna tell them in verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the 11, lifted up his voice and said to them, you men of Judea and all you that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as you suppose, it is but the third hour of the day, but this is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel. Hundreds of years earlier, Joel in Joel chapter two had written and recorded what was going to happen on this day. I personally believe that Peter got a revelation of what Joel was saying on this day, at this moment, at this hour, at this second. I don't think prior to this moment that uh, Peter had a revelation of what Joel said back there. In fact, he might not understood it, but when he was baptized with the Holy Ghost, uh, he got revelation he never had before, and he said, this is what Joel was talking about. This is what Joel was talking about. And this is what Joel said in verse 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, and on my servants, and on my handmaidens we're throwing the ladies right in the middle of this pot here. I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they, talking about a collective group of male and female people, shall prophesy. If you don't prophesy, I'm coming back there. I'm here to tell you, it's time that you prophesy. Pray till you prophesy. Said, who are you gonna prophesy to? When somebody's always looking for somebody to prophesy to them, I'm here to tell you, prophesy to yourself. And they say, self, you're gonna make it. Get yourself up here and act right. Get yourself down here and pray. Get yourself that prayers that avail much and you better pray that word right now in the name of Jesus. If you don't, I'm gonna kick you in the rear end. Said, Brother Randy, how you gonna kick you in the rear end if it's you? You just stand flat-footed, get both feet on a good foundation, pick 
take one of them up and bring it behind you, wow, and kick yourself in the rear end. You can have a rear end kicking service, but I say this, go ahead and do it now. Prophesy to yourself and tell yourself that you're gonna make it. Don't get let yourself get down. Don't let yourself get out. Don't get a spirit of fear on you. Get a spirit of faith and prophesy. The Bible says in the book of Romans, prophesy according to the proportion of faith that you've got. Speak God's word over your life. Don't speak the devil's word over your life. Don't speak doom and gloom over your life. Don't say you're going under over your life. Say I'm going over. My children are blessed to the Lord. I have abundance and no lack. It wouldn't surprise me none if somebody sent me $100,000 right now. <laughs> oh, because you was gonna say, you might have said, I don't know how I'm gonna pay my bills. I'm so broke I can't pay attention. Well, it wouldn't surprise me none somebody sent me $100,000 right now. Oh, I got an email yesterday because God told me to do something and somebody sent me $10,000. My God, don't make me come back there. I feel like running through a troop and leaping over a wall. But we had a project that God told us to do and then we didn't look like there's no way we could do it because we didn't have the money. But God said, claim it, son, and I'll bring it to you. So I claimed it by faith. I bowed up like old Banny Rooster. That's good country talk for city folks. And I crowed the word of God and I claimed it. And I said, devil, you're not gonna stop me from doing what God called me to do. It's mine in the name of Jesus. Now, it doesn't work just for preachers and preacherettes. It works for all of us. Prophesy over your life. I didn't know all that was in that verse. It's amazing how these verses just get us excited. He said, it'll come to pass, you'll part his spirit. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Young men shall see visions. Old men shall dream dreams. Now you came tonight to learn this, right? Why do old men dream dreams and young men see visions? That's what you came for. Those out in the radio, this is what they would come for. They're tuned in tonight. Brother Ray, that's why they tuned in. But anyway, they tuned in just to find this out. Why do young men see visions and old men dream dreams? Have you ever been at Pawpaw's house, our grandma's house? Usually it's pawpaw, grandma's busy, you know, getting everything going. But you look around, the grandkids are hopping around everywhere, flipping around, tearing the house down, doing whatever, it's curtain climbing, you know, all that kind of good stuff. And pawpaw's sitting over there in a the chair with his chin down or his head thrown back and slobber drooling out of his mouth because, I mean, he's what we call in the country a sawing them logs. The reason God has to give old man dreams is because he can't keep them awake long enough to give them a vision. <laughs> Now, I'm not saying that's chapter and verse, but come on and go to heaven with me. We'll find out when we get there. That's all I can say. But it seems good to me. That's all I can say. So it says, young men shall see visions. So I do my best to stay in the vision department. Because <laughs> when you start having it, God can speak to you through spiritual dreams. He can. And I've had a few, you know. But uh, when you get to having them dreams, you know God thinks you're old. Because he said, young men shall see visions, old men shall dream dreams. So if I do have, which is rare, but I'd every now and then, the Lord may speak to me and give me a, a spiritual dream, uh, always call it, and I, I don't believe I'm lying. I got chapter and verse in the Bible, I call it a night vision. You know, <laughs> it's in the Bible, it's in there, you look it up. You can find your concordance. There's something called a night vision. So that way I can be a young man. Young men see vision. Young women see visions. 
old men dream dreams and maybe older. I won't say that. We've got too many women here. But anyway. But notice this. This was a supernatural event that brought supernatural equipment to the body of Christ. They did not have this ability up till this time. Not on this level. But he said they would see visions and they would dream dreams. I was telling you about what I saw. I was praying. I wasn't praying to have a vision. I don't ask God to give me visions. But we were just praying. And uh, I don't recall, was I in this church? Could possibly so right here because we had a lot of experiences right here in this church over the years. And many of you that's been here know it and have witnessed it and seen it come to pass. The proof of the pudding, they say, is in the eating of it. You know what I mean? If you prophesy something and it comes to pass, then it happens. But I saw in this vision, and it was like I was standing out in outer space. Now, I'm a pilot and fly airplanes and stuff, but I had never been out of our atmosphere of the earth. But at this time, it was like I was outer, in outer space, just like an astronaut would be, or an astronaut, and I'm not disrespecting them. But do you know what they do to get them up there? They strap them on a rocket and then they light that thing. And they have to go 17,000 miles an hour. That's a traveling minister's dream, I'll guarantee you. 17,000 miles an hour to get out of the drag of the Earth's atmosphere. Once they get out of that thing, they just cut the switch and they could coast because there's nothing there to stop them out there. And the reason I would say astronaut, you know, they strap them in that rocket. By the way, they'd have to strap me too. You know what I mean? You know, they, they get them all gussied up in them suits, you know, and hem them up in there real good. And they put them boxes on their back and they get a whip and beat them up there to the thing. Get in that thing. You know, I'm, I'm joking, of course. Then they tie them in and put them in them seats and everybody locks them down where they can't get out and shut the door and take off running. <laughs> Light the fuse. Let me get out of here. Light the fuse. And just hope everything works right because they got that rocket fuel. When you ignite that stuff, woo-wee, something going to go somewhere. And it shoots them out there. So it'd be just like them astronauts out there in outer space looking back at Earth. And we've saw pictures that they've taken from, you know, the space station that's up there now about 270-something miles above the Earth. Right now there's people up there living in outer space. I don't know if you've signed up for that or not. But they say that people in my son's generation, he's 18 now, maybe a little further, we might get Brother Will over in there too. You know, he's, we'll try to hold on for you. They say that it will be in their generation, the Lord Tarion, that we will fly in and out of space, in and out of space to travel to further destinations. Oh, they're going to have to tie you in that thing too. <laughs> I don't know about this. I don't know. We'll just lock you down, tie you up, shut up, sit down, hold on. We're going. Amen. Because that is the most economical mode of travel. It's the quickest way to get there. But I'll tell you something. I have learned this. What goes up must come down. <laughs> so get in good prayers here going along. But I'm standing out there in outer space in this vision. I'm not trying to have a vision. In fact, I didn't have anything like this for many, many years. 
seems like you just grow and develop the more you seek God. I wasn't seeking God for a vision. I wasn't trying to see something or booger or nothing, you know. But suddenly I'm, I'm out there in outer space like the astronauts would be out there, astronauts would be, and looking back at earth. And I saw the earth tilted on its axis. And I believe, what is it, 22 and a half degrees? This tilted on its axis, Dr. Becker, somewhere. Oh, you don't want to answer. Ah, no, that's right. Ah. <laughs> 22 and a half degrees, and it's tilted. And of course, that causes our, it rotates around the sun every 365 and a quarter days. But as I'm looking at the earth, and I'm wondering, because I'm praying, I'm not trying to see the earth, not even thinking about the earth. We're praying about revival. We're praying about God moving. We're praying about his glory being poured out. And then suddenly, as I'm looking at the earth, tilted on its axis, I saw the earth wobble minutely. Not a lot, but just a little bit, just wobble. Just like that. Remember the old spinning tops? They still have them where you spin them with a string. You pull them and you throw them. And you know, somebody could walk the dog, make the cat meow. This generation don't know about that. But anyway, if you could walk the dog, yes. They got all this electronic stuff now. But I mean, you know, you used to take a tin can, you know, and some dirt. Boy, you could, that was a creative time for a cat, kid. And now they get all, you know, and jumping everywhere. Mario come along and everybody else. But I saw the earth wobble minutely and I just said in my spirit, and I said, Lord, what does this mean? He said, the weather patterns of the earth are affected and influenced because the earth has moved off course more than the beginning. He said, when Satan fell in the beginning, it messed up creation. I don't want to get too far out here. You'll think I'm crazy. Well, maybe you already think I am, so maybe I just wait out in it. But I'm not going too far. Just a little bit. But remember, men and women used to live almost a thousand years. Right. Well, it was originally intended for man to live forever. Right. The man didn't never die. But of course, Adam sinned, allowed the devil to come in, and when he did, he fell into this creation. And not only did he affect things on the physical world, he affected the atmosphere of the earth. He infected, he affected everything that would happen and our weather patterns changed, everything changed, our atmospheric pressure, pressure changed, and I'm not going too far, but I'm a pilot and I understand some of these things. Atmospheric pressure changed and all of that. The pressure that you sense on you today and you may not sense it, but it's there. There's pressure. And if, you, if you've never sensed pressure, what I encourage you to do is either go up in an airplane that's not pressurized. No, don't try this at home. Don't try it at home. Or do something called scuba diving. Go down. Because you go to different atmospheric levels on the earth going down. As a scuba diver. Some folks call it skin diving. But it's not skin diving. It is scuba diving. Skin diving is where you free dive with no scuba tanks. When you have scuba, it's self-contained, underwater, breathing apparatus. Yes, give me the tank, honey. But you change atmospheres as you go down. And if you don't do things right, your lungs can explode. So I know you're signing up for the scuba class next week. No, it's all safe if you do what's right. But you know what that pressure is. Well, when the earth shifted at the fall in the garden in the beginning, everything began to change. 
the weather patterns that we have today is not what we had in the beginning. There was no hurtful weather. There was no stickers, we call them in the country, or briars, we call them in the country, no thorns, anything that hurts. There was no sickness and disease, but when Satan fell into this world, which affected not only the earth itself, it affected the atmosphere. Now, what happened and what the Lord showed me in this vision is because that the sin of the human race has increased over time, it has given the devil more inroad into the earth to cause the earth to tremble and wobble minutely. The Lord said to me, he said, the weather patterns will be drastically changed from this time forth. And then he took me over into the scriptures. I believe it was in Isaiah. You can just do a search on it later for the sake of time. We won't turn to it. But he took me into the scriptures and showed me in the Bible where God said that the earth had been utterly moved off course. And that's why we have the weather patterns. And this year has been a year of extremes. Do you know that? A year of extremes. In fact, I was driving to a meeting on Interstate 40. And when I got too close to the Mississippi River, guess what had happened this year? They closed Interstate 40 because it flooded the interstate and you could not cross that interstate. And traffic was diverted for hours. So I'd travel so much, I've, I've driven over 2 million miles in an automobile in the United States alone. Don't include Canada or wherever else I'd be, but just alone from over all these years, of course, flown an airplane many, many miles too, traveling and preach the gospel. But uh, those things have happened. These things have, have taken an extreme. Why are these things extreme? Why is our weather patterns extreme? The reason they are extreme it's because that the earth has wobbled minutely and it's affected the atmosphere around the earth. And so our weather patterns, droughts, floods, tornadoes, hurricanes, and a lot of fires and things because of drought, you know, and earthquakes and all these stuff. Every time that earth shakes, you know, it's going to cause an earthquake to go on somewhere. And of course, you could get kooky and weird with that, but we're not, you understand. But I'm here to tell you, that's why the weather patterns are like they are. Now, do we have authority over the weather? Certainly we do. How do we know? Because Jesus Christ said so when he stood up in the ship, remember, on the Sea of Galilee, and the wind was tossing them about, and he spoke to the wind and to the waves and said, Peace be still and there was a great calm. In fact, uh, the city there in Missouri, what's the name of the city? Joplin, Missouri, yes. I was there the day after. I live in Oklahoma. You know, we're part of Axe Fellowship International. Pastor Harris is involved in that with us as one of our directors and things. Axe Fellowship International. We was out to help these people and uh, there, and I live in Tulsa, and so I came by there to Joplin, Missouri, talking about weather and how we have authority over the weather and how in the spirit you can pray and believe God for things. And so I'm looking at the devastation and destruction, and of course it reminded me of the, the, the hurricane that hit Katrina, you know, and the church here, many people here in this church went down and helped with Katrina and the Gulf of Mexico, you know, repairing homes, restoring homes, and you know, we had our airplane flying supplies in and out of there, bringing equipment down there, gasoline. I was hauling gasoline down there like a nut. I guess I could have flew on a rocket if I'd done that because they had no gasoline. We, got, we bought a travel trailer for some of our people to live in because their home was totally messed up. The roof was gone. It flooded the whole house, messed up their furniture. And so God uh, helped us. But I went to uh, Joplin, Missouri. 
And I was looking at this, just saddening because so many people weeping and crying and sobbing and so many was passed away dead, you know, because of the storm and just piles of rubble where whole communities used to be. Just total devastation, you know. And uh, I, I turned on the radio because, you know, they had traffic going all kinds of ways. So I was trying to listen to an AM station and, and find out which way to go and don't go where you don't get blocked and you can get out in different ways. And I knew several ways around there. Being from Oklahoma, I knew several roads I could get around, but I didn't know what was closed. So I'm listening to it. And they was interviewing a sister on there, an African-American sister. And she was saying, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I thought, my Lord, what's this lady doing? Praising the Lord on the AM radio. Let me turn this thing up after she turned it up. And they, this interviewer was asking her, ma'am, she said, what happened? She said, your every house there on the block beyond yours was totally destroyed. Everything around you was totally destroyed, but your house wouldn't even hardly hurt. You've got a few limbs here and a little trash laying there, but what in the world's going on? She said, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. She said, now I'm sad and I'm sorry for my neighbors and I'm sorry for all the people that had been hurt and everything just go home. She said, we have such devastation in my community. My heart goes out to them. And I'm not glad that it happened. But I'll tell you this. I want to testify for Jesus. I want a witness for Jesus. Can I get a witness? Oh, I'm here to tell you. I want a witness for Jesus. She said, I looked out my window because I heard that storms are coming. That storms are coming. And I looked out there and I seen this dark cloud like I had never seen in my life. And I knew I was in a heap of trouble. And they was talking about getting in the storm shelter. She said, I didn't have no storm shelter. They was talking about getting in the basement. She said, I didn't have no basement. They were saying get in the closet. She said, I didn't think my closet would hold up on what I see is coming. She said, well, what did you do? What did you do? She said, I hit my knees. She said, I got down. And I said, dear Lord Jesus, you didn't save me to die. You saved me to live. And you didn't give me this house. I prayed for this house. And you gave me this house. I believed you for this house. And you ain't gonna let no storm tear out my house now, are you, Jesus? Jesus, you're not gonna let no storm. I'm not gonna let that storm come by my house. Jesus, I said, I'm not gonna let that storm come by my house. She said, well, what did you hear? She said, I heard a lot of rumbling and a shaking and a carrying on and a booming and a banging. She said, what did you do? She said, I stayed on my knees. Oh, Jesus, I thank you. She said, I thought everything was coming apart, but I thought the best way to go up was on my knees going down, amen? If you're going up, go down, amen? So she went down her knees, and when the wind quit howling and it devastated, her house was still standing. I get out of my vehicle on the side of the road because I done pulled over and I danced and shouted, forgive me, I'm Pentecostal. My God! <laughs> I danced, I shouted, I run and jump because my God took care of her. And I mean like her. I, I, I'm sad that happened for the other people and everything and I'm not belittling anybody. Don't understand everything because we got involved in helping them right away. You know, our home church did. Acts Fellowship International did. We got involved in helping sending supplies, workers out of our church they were sending buses of people because it was a two-hour drive, maybe a little more. They were sending buses of people up there to work every day. People would volunteer and go. They're taking tractor-trailer loads of supplies up there. 
in and out. So I'm here to tell you, even though the weather patterns are being disturbed, even though things are going on in the realm of the spirit, I'm here to tell you, we can change things in this physical material world if we spend time praying and seeking the Lord. God can reveal to us things. And another reason that we're in the condition that we're in right now, this country is, on February of 2008, I was praying in a prayer meeting I wasn't praying to see a vision. I wasn't praying to see anything. But in February 2008, on a Thursday morning, I guess it would have been about 11.50 a.m. in the morning. I was praying with a big group of people. Reverend Lynette Hagen was leading the prayer service. I would say there's probably a couple of thousand of us there. Might have been a little bit more. And she had us praying for the nation, praying for this one and praying for that one. And, and if you're from another country, because they had people from foreign countries too, pray for your country. And then she said, we got a presidential election coming up. Uh, pray for the presidential election. So I just began to pray. I prayed all I knew how to pray in English. And then I just started transitioning over into the spirit. And I'm standing up. I had been kneeling and I had said a while because we'd prayed a while. And then I had stood up kind of in the aisle. And then suddenly again, I had a spiritual experience. I had a vision, wasn't trying to. I saw into the realm of the spirit and I saw this large demonic creature. This large demonic creature had its arms around something like it was holding on to something, like you'd get somebody in an arm lock or a headlock or something. And what the creature looked like is not important at all, but what it was doing was very important. And I remember saying to the Lord, in my spirit, what does this mean? He said, that creature right there, that demonic spirit represented a demonic spirit in Satan and all his cohorts. He said he's got his arms around the presidential office of the United States of America. He said he's trying to control your present president who at that time was President George Walker Bush and is also trying to control the upcoming presidential election. He said, tell my people to pray. He said, for if my people do not pray and this spirit is allowed an inroad into this nation, it will cause much havoc, much confusion and much devastation in your country. And so the Lord told me to publish it, and I did. The Lord told me to send it out. We have e-letters. If you're not on our mailing list, go to rgm.me, and we'll show you things as the Lord shows them to us. I don't know it all, but he has us incorporate people to pray about things. We send out e-letters and regular printed newsletters, sometimes magazines along these lines that tell about all this. But rgm.me will get you right up there where you can sign right up and get these things free of charge. But uh, then as I prayed about that and saw that, well, I'd had a, another experience. In fact, right here in this church, and I can't tell the whole thing. It wouldn't be good to tell the whole thing, but I can tell part of it. Uh, right here in this church, uh, on uh, I guess it would be the last part of uh, October of 2008, right prior to the uh, presidential election, which would be on the next Tuesday of the next week. And I believe we was praying here on a Friday or a Thursday. Was it Friday morning or Thursday? Thursday morning, we was praying here, but we was praying here together. Some of you remember that, that was sitting right here. In fact, I see some of you. And as we're praying, we was walking as Pastor Harrison, Pastor Robin knows we've walked many hours across here. Many of you have been here with us and prayed. We just walk back and forth sometimes. I have a habit of walking while I'm praying, watch and pray, walk and pray, but just pray, you know. So I was praying and suddenly 
I had a vision and I see into the realm of the spirit uh, and I see this demonic creature. Remember I had saw it in February 2008. Now, when God shows you things, uh, he don't always show you boogers and demons. You understand? If you're always seeing boogers and demons, you may have a hope to the wrong thing. You need to get another bottle. You got the wrong one, the wrong spirit. You know, you go by the stores, the liquor stores, it says spirits, you know. Don't get them spirits. Because God also shows you good things, reveals to you good things. But it just so happened in this situation, because we're talking about praying in the spirit. We didn't know these things in the natural. We didn't know about this. Then the Lord showed me this demonic creature and showed me what was going to happen. Showed us the upcoming presidential election eventually. You know, I'm just kind of getting ahead here. Showed us who would be the president of the United States and showed us what would be happen. And a lot of people say, well, you're political. I'm not political. Somebody say, well, you Democrat. Are you Republican? Are you Libertarian? Are you Cemetarian? <laughs> I'm like uh, my friend here, Mrs. Copeland, Reverend Copeland here. I'm like her. I'm going to go with where Jesus is and the Word is. Amen. But the Lord said to us as a result of this, the nation turning away from God as a whole, and I'm not against any human being, that we would have 1 Samuel chapter 8 in this nation. Remember that? Yes. Pastor Harris and I talked about it. In fact, he was one of them that helped me with some of the scriptures along that line. But if you go read 1 Samuel chapter 8, now the Lord showed us that back in, and uh, actually it was the last part of October and the first part of November, uh, right before the presidential election, he said this would happen and this take place. If you read uh, 1 Samuel chapter 8, you'll find out that's where the nation is right now. But it's not good enough to find out why we're here. We need to find out how to change it. Amen. So there's three things that I want to incorporate you to pray. Those that's listening here, I'm about to wind up. But those that's listening here too. There's three things I'd like for you to pray if the Lord leads you. I know He'll give you prayer assignments for everything and, and different things. But Pastor Harris is talking about the Lord gives prayer assignments. It used to be, it used to be. And I'm not saying we shouldn't still now that we needed to pray for other nations. And our focus was mainly on other nations. Our focus has been primarily on other nations, and rightfully so. I'm not trying to hinder anybody from doing that or going. i got many friends that are on the mission field and go on the mission field. We help them, support them to go there and do that. But ladies and gentlemen, the time has come that we must pray for this nation. Pray for this nation. And there's three ways to pray. And if I had time, I could show you chapter and verse for it. But the first thing you pray, number one, pray for the latter rain of the Holy Spirit to be poured out on our nation. Because that's the only thing that's going to wake people up, is the Holy Spirit convincing people that God is real. We're not going to convince, him with our, convince people with our words alone. It's going to take the power of the Holy Ghost, even though He's going to use our words Without the anointing of the Holy Ghost on us, we're not going to convince people in our nation, people are gospel hardened. They've heard the gospel so much, they don't even believe it no more. They think it's just another fad or another religion. So pray, number one, for the rain of the Holy Ghost to be poured out, the latter rain to be poured out on our nation. Now this is the way you pray for another nation too. But it's also what we need to pray for our nation. The day has come, we need to pray for this nation. We've primarily prayed for other nations and we still need to do that. Don't get me wrong and I'm not trying to change your prayer assignment. 
But we need to pray for this nation. You hear prayers that are praying and you'll hear them. You hear Mr. Maine Copeland talking about pray for this nation. Prayers, old time prayers that I've been acquainted with over the years, they're praying for this nation. They're believing God for this nation. Why? Because that's what God is saying to do. So number one, pray for the latter rain of the Holy Ghost. Number two, pray for laborers to be sent forth into the harvest, anointed with this Holy Ghost, because that's the only thing that's going to set the captive free. And then number three, pray that the harvest of souls will come in. The Lord is waiting for the precious fruit of the earth, not blackberries and grapes and, and, and uh, oranges and apples, but human beings. So we pray for the latter rain of the Holy Ghost in this nation. Pray for the Spirit of God to be poured out on our nation. Ask God to pour out His Spirit. Ask God to convince people that He's real and that Jesus Christ is alive because we're not going to do it in the natural. It's going to take the Holy Ghost. Number two, pray for labors to be sent forth into the harvest of our nation. Amen. Regardless of where it comes from. I know a, a friend of mine that was from Africa. He told me that God sent him here to bring revival to America. Amen. I hadn't seen him in a long, long time, but it was Rodney Howard Brown. That's right. He said uh, that God sent him, because I knew him back yonder, way back there, you know. He said God sent him, had him moved from Africa back here to this nation to bring revival to this nation. And that's what he's been working on. So number one, you pray for the latter rain of the Holy Ghost. Number two, pray for labors to be sent forth. And number three, pray for the harvest to come in. That's what we need to do in this nation. Also, uh, and I'm not going to call this person's name because I don't want to, you know, publicly, and I don't know who's listening out there or anything like that, but it wouldn't be disparaging. I don't think they would care, but uh, maybe I can. You reckon I could say it? Miss Angela Keaton in them? But she, she was uh, worked at Rhema, was an instructor at Rhema for years. They lived on the mission field for how many, was it 19 years? There, we, she was at our meeting in Branson. We do meetings. In fact, we're fixing to do a, another meeting in Branson. Go to our website, rgm.me. We'll be over there in a couple of weeks. But she was at our meeting in, in Branson. We call it Word and Spirit meetings. When she walked in, I thought I was having a vision. I thought, what in the world is Mrs. Angela Keaton doing here? She was my instructor. She taught me a class called Bible Interpretations, how to interpret the Bible correctly. I thought, oh, God. <laughs> and so I was inquisitive. And I said, I thought that you lived in Prague, you know, over there, the name of the country, whatever, somewhere over there. And, and uh, of course, I knew her husband, too. I thought she said we did. She said, but we was back here. We lived on the mission field, for, I think she said, for 19 years. She was back here in a meeting and we were sitting there, my husband and I, and suddenly, this is the way she said it, the glory of God fell. She said, when it fell, almost everybody in the audience just hit the floor. She said, my husband and I began to weep and cry, weep and cry, weep and cry, weep and cry. She said, it was all over the audience. It was a supernatural event. She said, as soon as they left out of the church service that night, it was over. They got in the car she turned to her husband and said to him, what did the Lord say to you? He said, what did the Lord say to you? She said, what did he say to you? You first. He said, honey, this seems stupid. We've given our life for the foreign field. We've lived there for 19 years. He said, but I believe the Lord said for us to move to America and help pray for revival. 
they loaded up the truck and moved to Beverly. <laughs> they come back to the United States off the foreign field because God told them America was going to have revival. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in it. Amen. Don't give up. Amen. Don't give in. The Holy Ghost, now that was supernatural. You're talking about being led of the Spirit. That was supernatural. And God is still alive today. There's going to be revival among your children. There's going to be revival among your teenagers. All those that are wayward and those that know it all, they wouldn't be over here. But anyway, but those that know it all, I know, you know, when I was 16, 17, 18 years old, my daddy, I thought, was the dumbest thing ever hit planet Earth. But it's amazing. After I get over in my 20s, especially my late 20s, I'll look back and my daddy was a lot more intelligent than I gave him credit for. And if I'd have listened to my papa and my mama, Brother David, <laughs> me and you wouldn't have been in the mess we'd been in. Isn't that right? Oh, yes. Oh, as you grow up, you'll find out your mom and daddy wasn't as dumb as you thought they was. But you're going to see it sweep the youth of our nation yes. just like we got youth now. Yes. Youth now that are riding, protesting and everything. The same people. Yes. It's going to be a reverse. I said same people in the same way, but a different way. People are going to be walking the streets for Jesus. And you're not going to be able to hold them back. They're going to march down the major streets. You're going to see it in Atlanta, Georgia. You're going to see it in Washington, D.C. You're going to see it in the West Coast. You're going to see it out in the Midwest. You're going to see it in the North. You're going to see it in the South. Because God is not going to let our prayers fall to the ground. Amen. We're going to march in the streets in this nation once again for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, before he returns to receive us unto himself. We shall see it here in America. We're here, there now. We're there now. Yes, there's much turmoil going on, but that's because the devil's mad. Right. You know, every time that Jesus casts a devil out of somebody in the Bible, it says the devil threw the person in the mist. There's a lot of folks that's being thrown in the mist out through there now. But I'm here to tell you when the devil comes out, <laughs> woo, we're moving on out. Glory to God, it's the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I pray you've been stirred. I've stirred myself. I've preached myself happy. My Lord, I've been guilty of doing that. But let's just do something. Let's go over and just transition into prayer because you stirred to pray. And let's just go after it like a hound dog after a rabbit. Oh, just go after it in the spirit. Let's ask God to lead us. You can kneel, you can sit, you can walk, whatever you want to do, but let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, we come to you. And Lord, today, you know, you spoke to me and said there was a time to pray for other nations. There was a time, Lord, to go there. And Lord, there is a time. And Lord, there is people that is praying. But Lord, you spoke to me and you showed me that it's time to pray for this nation. It's time that we pray about the things of the United States of America because we let some things drop. We let some things fall by the wayside. And Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, now it seems like the enemy is encamped all around about us and that there is no way out. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you're causing us to arise and moving us out of a place of doubt. Father, I know this is a supernatural time. 
And Lord, I know there's a time to move. And there's a timing in God. Lord, in everything that you do in this earth, you do it in a particular time. Because you said when the day of Pentecost was fully come on that day at nine o'clock in the morning, you poured out your spirit. And Lord, we know there's a time. Oh, Lord, there's a time. Lord, we're in that time. And Lord, I could even see it now. Lord, I could even hear it now as you spoke to David, as they're encamped around about and they're going about the enemy and he told David when you hear the rustling in the top of the mulberry trees he said go up against them for I will be with you God I sense there's a rustling going on in the realm of the spirit Father I sense there's a rustling going on in the mulberry bush and Father I thank you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth that the anointing of God is upon the church in this day and Lord I thank you that we're moving out in a supernatural way and the devil is not going to stop us. He's not going to cause us to give in because we stand with you and we always win. Father, I thank you for the Holy Ghost. I thank you for the power of God. And Father, I pray for this latter reign of the Holy Ghost. This latter reign of the Holy Ghost. Father, we tried to do it for so long. Lord, many in the church world, Lord, forgive me for having to say this. Lord, I repent for us. And Father, forgive us for using our own methods, our own ideas, our own strategies, and our own plan. Father, our plan doesn't work. Father, I admit it to you. Lord, my plan doesn't work. Lord, our plan doesn't work. Our ways don't work. Lord, but your ways always work. Lord, so I turn away from my ignorance. I turn away from my stupidity. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I repent of those things and I turn unto you. And Lord, I know that that rustling in the top of the mulberry trees, Lord, was a type and shadow of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in our day. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that that same Holy Ghost that you brought in the top of those mulberry trees there with David and the enemy was all around about them. Father, I thank you that same anointing, that same power, that same glory is coming upon us in this hour in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Devil, in the name of Jesus, I bind you and I command you right now to take your hands off the body of Christ. Take your hands off the ministers in the body of Christ. Take your hands off the saints of the body of Christ. I command you to loose them and let them go in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And Father, I know that the enemy has tried to bind us up. Lord, there's many in the church that have been bound by traditions of men, by doctrines of devils. Lord, and it looks like that there's no way out. But Father, I'm reminded tonight of Peter that was held captive in prison and there was no way out. He was handcuffed and shackled hand and foot. But Father, you heard from heaven and you sent forth an angel, an angel of God, Lord, to go into the prison and caused the shackles and chains to fall off of Peter and Peter was set free. Peter being a type and shadow of the church. Father, this was done supernaturally. Lord, it was done supernaturally. Lord, it was done not by man's means, but it was done by man's prayers. Lord, it was not done by man's means, but it was done by man's prayers. Lord, because the church prayed after Peter was arrested, Lord, they were praying over there at the 
the house where Rhoda was at and the rest of them were at. They were praying and they were seeking you and they were asking you to intervene because they were gonna kill Peter. They were gonna take Peter out. His life, no doubt, would come to an end. But Father, you had a different plan and your people prayed and you began to intervene in a supernatural way and you're the same God today. Father, you're the God that rescued Peter. You're the God that brought him out of the jail. You're the God that brought him out of bondage. You're the God that brought him out of the place that the devil had put him in. Lord, it seemed like the devil has locked the church up in a prison and said there's no way out. But Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I ask you in the name of Jesus, Lord, to send forth the Holy Ghost. Send forth the angels of God. Send forth your power. Send forth your glory in this hour in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and I thank you Lord that the church is loosed that the church is set free Lord and I thank you in the name of Jesus he struck Peter on the side and said get your clothes on oh my God that was marching orders Lord I know that marching orders are coming from heaven now God you're speaking to us and you're giving us marching orders Lord this prayer conference is a marching orders and speaking to the church it's telling us what to do. It's telling to prepare ourselves. He told Peter to get up from there. The shackles fell off uh, and he had to guard, guard, put his garments on, put his clothes on. Lord, and be able to walk. Uh, Lord, that's a type of preparation for us today. That's a type and shadow, a preparation for the church. Lord, we've been in this preparation stage. But now, Lord, you're saying, uh, even though we've been bound, uh, even though we've been imprisoned, uh, Lord, because of our doubt and unbelief, Lord, because of the church not doing what it should. And Lord, I know Peter didn't do anything wrong. He done what was right. But Lord, I can see him as a representative of the body of Christ and he was locked in jail. And there was no way out. But Father, in the name of Jesus, you sent the angel and you woke him. The shackles fell off and you said, gird your lawns, put your clothes on, get ready to go. Father, I thank you that in this day, that you're guarding us, that you're equipping us, and Lord, we're ready to go in the name of Jesus. Lord, we haven't been able to do it in the natural. Peter was absolutely helpless, Lord. Peter was absolutely helpless, Lord. He was helpless. He was shackled, chained, and handcuffed. Lord, it seems like that we have been helpless in the church. Lord, it seems like we have been shackled, chained, handcuffed, but we've been getting some results, but little results. Some results, but little results. But Lord, when you sent forth the supernatural equipping, when you sent forth the supernatural help, when you sent forth the angels of God, he walked in and the shackles fell off. And he said, gird your loins. And Lord, when they got to the door, the door opened supernaturally. No man opened it, you opened it. When they got to the gate, the gates were closed. No man opened them gates, you opened the gates. And so, Father, I thank you that the same God that visited Peter in that prison is the same God that's visited the church that's been in prison in our day. And, Father, I thank you that you're equipping us to move in a supernatural way in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Father.